Hello, hello, good morning and happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Listen, today begins yet a new challenge for the black image. As many of you know, I've um, uploaded a video not long ago on February 20th, uh, and man, it spread like wildfire. And as expected, you know, it was good. It was very, very, very good. See, because what ended up happening, it exploded my friendship circles. It almost decimated the family. It really exposed a lot of a lot of people that are close to me in my life. It really sectioned individuals. And it, it was good. It was good because it helps you gain better perspective on life. Um, no one in my family agreed for me to upload that type of video. No one in my friendship circle thought it was a great idea. And you know, nonetheless, because today's Sunday, we attend church every Sunday. And we have this thing called testimony service. And that's when something happens and God sees us through this something. And then by the time we make it through, we get to church on Sunday and then we testify. This is somewhat the same thing. I'm just doing it in a video form. See, instead of making it through it and then testifying on the back end, I expose you to the beginning, show you the process. And through that process, during the ending, that's the testimony you see in detail. I'm not of the type of individual that sits back and just takes a beating. I'm, I'm, I, I try my best to stay ahead of things, to think things through in what I call Dr. Strange them. So in this, in this sense, I have to um, think ahead. So as I mentioned before, with this Child Protective Service, if I would have left it in the hands of privacy, then any of the details could be added. And anyone could just run ahead with it. I don't feel victimized because I'm comfortable with everything about myself. My past is my present. My present is my future. I live life in stages and I have levels. And each one of these levels comes a different challenge. And each one of those challenges I accept in full. So, you know, this is my testimony. This is how I testify. I put my life in the hands and I live I place my life in your hands and I live my story is interesting to me it's not something that's downloaded it's not a matrix it's a reality I was born in Chicago I grew up fatherless that is a reality for me I remember growing up on streets like Kenwood and Essex and Yates and Dorchester. I remember that. I remember I was born to Ivan and Kimberly Taylor. Kimberly Taylor. See, my mom was also a foster child. Her mom, my grandmother, committed suicide and my mother was exposed to that. Having a child exposed to that type of trauma, it carries around a similar age. I was a foster child. I remember being carried out of a burning building because my mother fell asleep while cooking. And now here I am at the age of 38 and at the same age, my children are now being exposed to child protective services. But the difference is it stops here. My children are home, comfortable, well-fed, well-kept. My life is on the line, exposed to everyone. You see the love I have for my children. You see the love I have for my wife. You see the love and the dedication that I put into my care and, and my appearance and, 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 my, and the love that I have for my family unit and, and our environment. You don't just download intelligence. It takes time, systematic. I don't have time for bullshit. So I've exposed it to you. That's nothing to second guess. I've given it to you. So it, has, it stops here. Financial curses, economical curses, social curses that have seemed to just keep patterning my family. All of that shit stops here. So my children are home where they should be. They were interviewed. 
They were asked questions, questions that I didn't think that were appropriate for a six and a four-year-old. Nonetheless, my children are still my children. And they understand the voice of their father. They understand his energy. They are mine. They know their father and their father knows them. So they interviewed very well. And my children came home with me. You understand? My life is right in front of you. So what, the ha what has that done? What is the conclusion of that lesson? The conclusion is, there were a lot of things that were mentioned about me personally. And a lot of it I can dig, I, I, I can roll with it. But whenever you allow someone else to be in charge of your story, you see exactly how things can somehow get twisted. So my, my, my intent at this point is to branch off from my um, Thursday morning, or excuse me, Thursday evenings uh, podcast, The Black Image, where I'm my co-host T-Bird, is to branch off of that and take all personals out of that particular segment. I want to leave that for the social environment. That has to be fun, recreational, informative, educational. I want that to have its own image. Sunday mornings from 9 to 10. I want to expose you to the making of the black image from zero to 38, chapter one. The road to the black image. What created this, this image? What, why am I here? What, what, is the, what am I trying to do? What, 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 what am I doing between the dance, between the videos? What, what does all that mean? So Sunday morning. I'm going to be in charge of my own story. You don't have to look anywhere else. You can come right here. Whatever you want to know about me, you could come right here. Nothing to be left to be interpreted. Everything right here. I am comfortable with my entire story. As I mentioned before, I'm from Chicago. That's part of my story. I was molested as a child. That's a part of my story. I have, I've seen life given right in front of me. I've seen life disappear right in front of me. I found firearms buried in the ground. I've seen rape. I've seen molestation. I've seen, I've seen murder. I've seen a lot of things. This is not a life that I would have chosen for myself. This are my circumstances. And that is the best I can provide. So my video library that I'm going to keep for myself my purpose is for my children to know exactly who their father is and just be in charge of my own story. So yes, I'm proudly born in Chicago. I was born in Lion Inn, uh, 1980. Um, my dad, my grandparents, my mom, my uncles, We've all been faced with so many parallels. This is just my way of keeping a library of mine. There's so much ancestry that's been lost. There's so much that's been taken away. Diversion, hey, hey excuse me one second. Hey, 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 Wolf, could I have some water? Thanks a lot. Diversion of who we are and where we come from, so much has been taken away and we have to now redig and, and, and find things out. We have to study and it's just so much that's out there. So it's difficult sometime for all of that information to just, to, to just be gained. I'm sorry, I'm having a little time. I'm having a rough time talking because my mouth is sticking together. Fucking cotton mouth over here, dude. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> so give me one second. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. All right. Back at it. So. Um, as I mentioned before. Growing up in Chicago, I remember growing up around this area called Kenwood and Dorchester. I remember going to um, Benjamin Banneker. I remember staying on Parnell. Um, this had to be in the er uh, early 80s. 
So I'm, I assume 86, 87 is when uh, Refrigerated Perry was playing for the Chicago Bears. And uh, I mean, that was around 87. Yeah, 1987. I could dig that. Yeah. So uh, this is around that time. Went to Myra Bradwell. We stayed on the east side of Chicago, over there by Star Submarine. That's where they filmed that uh, the story, uh, barber, the barber shop with Ice Cube. We grew up in that area. The train track, the metro train. Man, I'm telling you, we used to get down over there, man. Those little pebbles, those little rocks. You take them and you know throw them. Rainbow Beach, man. That whole oh, that was now Rainbow Beach. If you laid anything in that sand, you turned your head for one second. I mean, I, I remember getting a pair of cross-colored jeans. They were shorts. I put them down, down right up under the lifeguard's chair. I, I went and took a dip in, um, in the lake. I came back gone, completely gone. And this was like one of those lukewarm days. So, you know, going home in, in wet shorts was, <laughs> but just growing up in that area, man, Every now and then something would happen, you know, you'll hear, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, you know, bitch, get out of here. You, 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 you'll just hear crazy things like in the middle of the night, you'll hear pop, pop, pop. Just this was a reality. You cannot. It, it was a reality for some of us. This was our life. We can't get away from that. And I am not running from that. I have now accepted that and downloaded it. So here it is. In the middle of the night, you'll hear someone running through your backyard, hopping over your gate. You'll hear gunshots outside of your, your window. You'll, you'll, you'll hear, you know, cars screeching down the street. You'll hear, you know, fire, fire alarms going off and, and, and you'll hear um, police sirens. You'll, you'll hear those things. You'll wake up to look out of the window around 8 Nine o'clock p.m. and see prostitution right in front of you. You'll see, I mean, these women were people we saw in the community. They were they would be, you know, women we would see in the stores. And, you know, you would think they were nice people. You know, as children, you just think they're nice people. And then around later that evening, you see them just walking a certain way. And. Eventually, you understood exactly what was happening, but it happened right in front of you. I mean, it was common for cars to pull up in front of a house in a vacant parking lot and, you know, get out and two individuals go in the back seat and make out. That was common. That was it was common to get your house broken into. It was common to wake up to strangers running past with your television. And, you know, it was common to see someone pushing your mom down, the, you know, to, to get to, to get free. This was commonplace in the areas that we grew up in, you know, it was dangerous and we had no choice but to try and find ways to survive. To be penalized for that, I don't know if that's conceivable. I don't know why that would be necessary. You know, as a child, you are, again, you're subject to the direction of your parents. Wherever they can afford to live, that's where you live. So, you, yes, you, you are exposed to certain things. You know, as a child, you do what your parents say. You know, I did drug runs. Yeah, I went to go purchase drugs for certain people. Yeah, absolutely. As a child, you just did. You took the direction of the authority. Whoever presented themselves as the authority, that's why you you just did that. Um, you don't. But to be penalized for that, to be penalized for that experience, I don't think that's I don't think that's mature by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I'm completely comfortable with that part of my story. Um, <clears throat> so it was commonplace to see things that were not, it was commonplace to see things that now as an adult, I would never think to expose my children to. And most you know, sane adults would just absolutely never want, want to even show their children on television, uh, let alone live through it. But nonetheless, I lived through it. I mean, Applause for those who make it. Applause for those who take the set of circumstances and don't allow that to define them, but just use it as a way of critically attacking things, you know, finding angles, finding things that work. You know, when you don't have food, you know, you learn how to take a bologna and bread sandwich and make it work. 
You know, if you have a little a ketchup package or some mustard, you know, you learn how to you learn how to be resourceful. You know, you, fried bologna was was a meal and a half for some of us. You know, that was that relish package. You know, being as chunky, that added texture. You know, you found ways to make things work. You became resourceful. And honestly, now that I'm 38 and when I reminisce and when I think back and I go as far back as I can, um, I see what all of that meant. Like now, you know, I had to pay for my own college. When I finished college, I was $150,000 in debt. I had to pay for my own education. And I started college at age 19. But learning how to be resourceful and, 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 and learn how to find a, 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 a reference over here and, and going to the library and reading this and asking a question and not being afraid to embarrass yourself or look stupid. Because if, I don't, if, if I'm looking stupid while gaining information that makes me better, then I'm okay looking stupid. I'm learning. But to be resourceful and to make things work and to, you know, push things over just to see a reaction. And then, okay, fine. To test and trial and test and trial. I learned that growing up in those conditions. I learned that. And I learned, I applied that not even knowing it, <clears throat> not knowing it, applied those same techniques to get me through college, finding ways to pay for it reading about loans and grants and you know asking financial advisors and 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 you know posing as some people posing as a, a a bank representative just for information and getting the information and then just adding it to my notes finding things and 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 figuring things out that training it helps if you think about it. My circumstances that was so just tumultuous. You, I, you couldn't imagine those circumstances I can now use now today. So it's not a loss. I can't be ashamed of what I had to be, what I had to go through. I can't be ashamed of that because today I know I, it, it applies today. I can I can use those skills right now, you know, to. To, to go to school for engineering and to make, to, to graduate with just, I'm talking that much. I was that close to, the, I was that far across the finish line. I'm talking right there by a fingernail. That's how close I was to graduation. That close. But I did it. I did it. And I did it because those skills that I learned as a child to navigate and to be resourceful and to ask questions and to question things and just not take no for an answer, just not take no for an answer. I learned that. And those skills I can now apply every single day of my life. So I embrace my past. Not taking no for an answer is the root of who I am. It is the absolute root of who I am. I've lived a life and I've experienced so many different compartments. I've had my hand in so many different industries. I've been faced with so many technical challenges. So to be involved in so much It helps you to create patterns. It helps you to develop a certain skill set, a, cer a, cer a certain thirst. So these patterns and this thirst, they become applicable to all things. I went to school for engineering, but that mindset of always questioning, not taking no for an answer, when something is presented to me and it's a problem and someone says, this is the problem, something clicks and says, no, that's not the problem. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's, it's not the problem. It's something else. Well, the car says X, Y, Z. 
No, that's not the problem. It's not that complex. It has to be something else. These are foundational systems that I've developed from my childhood. Not taking no for an answer. This is what I'm learning. I'm pulling from my past. It's always been about not taking no for an answer. So you abstract in everything. You apply certain things. You develop technical approaches to everything. So when a problem arises, the vehicle's not working, you have to begin asking questions. Once you begin asking questions, certain questions that you cannot answer, you begin to resource. Does my neighbor know? Does my friends know? Now we have the social media. Does anyone know? Learning to be resourceful. Learning to save money. These are all the skills that as a child, not even knowing it, you just pick up those circumstances. So, again, I'm going to break right there and I'm going to let you know. This current situation triggered. The desire to now help us understand where we come from and how our childhood means so much to us when we become adults and who I am right now is going to mean so much in my 80s. So this is my video library to be, begin to systematically tell my story. Now I'm going to break back in. So I have now been faced with a mechanical problem. I've now been faced with a financial problem. I've now been faced with an economical problem. I've now been faced with a social problem. I've now been faced with a problem, a problem, a problem, a problem. When you have problems, you have to begin asking questions. Those questions create answers, openings and avenues. It's the same as when we fight. You ask a question. A question is a jab. And that answer, how the individual answers, helps you to either create another question, but it definitely creates an opening. So when I jab you, that's my question. You respond, that's my opening. You understand? That's the game you play. That's how things are abstract. That's how you explode things, and that's how you address each and every problem. So those skills, once again, from a childhood, you learn. You learn those to apply those in your, as you become an adult. So growing up in that area, hanging out at Rainbow Beach, when, you're, when you live in the hood, all right, we live in the hood, let's change gears, you get tested a lot. There's no punks. If, you, if you're going to be soft, you know, you really can't hang out outside a lot. That's one thing that the hood teaches you. That's, that's just, just certain skills that once you step outside of those doors, of the doorway of your house, that is, you just have to have because there's tough guys across the street that's looking for punching bags. There's guys across the train tracks that's looking for trouble. There's always some circumstances to navigate through. So once you step outside, there's certain skills you're just going to learn. And in my life, you've had to learn how to avoid certain routes, look inconspicuous to certain people, hide, look tough. But in all, if you were a young man growing up in any particular hood, you have to learn how to fight. I know we've gotten away from that. We've gotten more into this now, but this is all we had back in those days. And you had to learn how to use these. If you, if you didn't learn how to use these, you were just a punching bag. If, at least you in the block. But damn it, geez, you had to learn how to use these. Some of us were better at it than others. But nonetheless, if you survived, it toughened you up. So in a hood, you were either... It produced two kind of people. <laughs> it produced boxers, fighters, or uh, uh, track and field. Because in the, in, in the hood, you either had to run from trouble or you had to face it. So you had to run really fast or you had to be able to turn, you know, learn a few combinations. 
But nonetheless, if you had them both, you were, you, you were, you were a threat. Um, so growing up in that area, certain skill sets that you learn, certain things that you acquire as a child, and it you know continues down into you know, as you as you grow. And um, I learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, and I've lived a lot. So I remember my mom. We moved to uh, what was that uh, around Essence, I believe. And segue segueing off of that point of when you leave the house, you have to be tough. I remember living on the east side, East 77th place, which is like, a, I think, an old folks home now. I'm sorry, not old folks home, a senior citizen's home. Pardon me. That's locker room talk. Um, and I remember moving over on Essex, 78th. Yeah, because 79th, yeah, 78th to 79th in Essex. Back then, those two areas were rival gangs. And... But a lot of those rival gangs, we all went to the same schools. So my association with a lot of the guys on the east side, which is over by, by East 77th place, um, those guys associated with them. But now also being associated with the guys over on 78th and Essence, it seems I'm caught in between two rival gangs. So imagine now, Myra Bradwell going to that school and... When I get out of school, the route that I would take home was literally two blocks away. So now that we move from 77th place with respect to Myra, Myra Bradwell, um, we had, I had to now change my route and walk from that area to now 78th and Essex, which is through rival gang territory. So now my routes have changed. I've never gone that direction. So now I'm exposed to get more possibilities of trouble. These are circumstances that goes beyond our control. This is not something that I will run from. No, this is something that I have to be ashamed of. There's certain skill sets that we learn. So you learn how to navigate, learn how to get home. But for sometimes when there, it's a hit or miss, sometimes I hit, sometimes I miss. And, you know, a few times I did miss. I played in the playground maybe five minutes too long. And what that meant was that gave the rival gangs time to now section themselves off and now group up in the streets. So now by the time I, I, I go home, I have to now walk through the rival gang. And I'm not associated with them. If I'm walking through that gang and I'm coming from that direction, guys are always in the mood to prove themselves. So it only takes that one individual who knows he has, you know, he has the support of six or seven guys around him. They're going to win. He knows he has that support. So he's the first one to throw the first comment. You're my man. What's good? Or whatever the call was. All well. How do I respond to that? I don't have rival gang skills. <laughs> I don't have rival gang skills. Make a decision, run or fight. Hit or miss. <clears throat> you miss, you run. You hit, you got to fight. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes I've gotten away, but the one time I didn't, it was the timing. They saw it ahead. They called out the same thing. They saw it coming. I had no path of retreat. I had to walk through it. I had to take a beating. That's just what it is. Those are the circumstances you get beat up. That's what happens. You know, it happens. It's not psychological. <laughs> you know, it's historical. It happens. And I've graduated. College, fraternities, sororities. What's the difference? 
You get jumped in and out of a gang. Whether that gang is giving turkeys to the community or whether that gang is just simply giving body shots, you're still jumping in and out of a gang. If the pathway to get there is uh, one must take a beating, the body don't know the difference between this affiliation and that. No, a beating is a beating. It's all relative. But those are circumstances that I have. This is my story. These are details. These are true. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need to find any other facts. All of the facts are right here. These are details. They're true. I love them and I'll embrace them. So you take a beating. You try to take as many of them out as you possibly can. <laughs> but eventually, listen, they will win. Just cover up and, you know, try to protect your vitals as much as possible. Um, but you have to think ahead when you know that certain things that are ahead, you have to try to manipulate to get there. You have to be able to take a different path. You don't have to always take the path that creates the most tension. If you can see ahead, sometimes you got to be faced with it. And sometimes I just I just missed. And then I got hit. But that taught me. Take the hit. Okay, listen. Even if it's gonna spend a, a you know an extra five minutes to walk around that particular block just to get I will take the longer route just to get home safe. Because when you miss and you get hit, I mean you don't know where those hits are coming from. You get hit in certain spots, that shit hurts. So you either <laughs> take a different route or keep taking that ass whooping. I f uh-uh, forget that. Anyway, moving on. I remember, I remember, I remember growing up and hearing this strange sound come from my mom's room. I didn't know what that sound was. Now, all of these stories are before, like, like 12 and below. So before, these are 12, 12 and below stories, all right? So I remember the strange sound coming out of my mother's room. And then there was a series of sounds. There was a series of knocks and a series of like jingles and then like a like a i don't know like a spring sound like someone jumping in the bed then like stomping then some hollering and then some huffing and puffing and then some grunting and then some screaming and it just kept going for you know at that time I couldn't I had no idea of time but it just kept going. For, for me, it, like it, it was happening forever. Um, I didn't know what it was. Um, but not long after that happened, <clears throat> you know, this big dude come out sweaty as hell. I'm like, oh, you was back there jumping in that bed, man. You and mom, well, y'all always, my mom, oh, she's crazy. Um, and then my mom come out in a little old raggedy ass Old raggedy ass robe. Uh, go straight into the kitchen. If I'd have known that now, I would have never ate her food. God. Mom. So eventually growing up, I, I found out what that was. Um, because, you know, kids discuss things. And, you know, you find out when, 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 when I told that story to one of my friends like dude man my mom was jumping in his bed you know like dude my mom do you know how they always telling us stop, stop jumping in the bed like yo the other day my mom was jumping in the bed with this grown-ass dude so they do the same thing so this dude looking at me like yo what did you just say i was like my mom was jumping in the bed with this dude he's like no nah, they wasn't jumping in no bed and the jumping they were doing <laughs> he was like he made this little gesture and i was like well what is that he was like, yo, you serious? You don't know what this is? <laughs> and I think we were in like, 
We had to be like either fifth or sixth grade. And it was maybe seventh grade, but they were, I mean, this conversation was weird. But nonetheless, that was my introductory into, I guess, sexual education. And um, my mom did that a lot. So I listened a lot, you know. That's some that's how a lot of us had to learn. Sorry, mom. I probably heard just about every time you did it. <clears throat> and um how about this for your almost 60 year old ass? I seen you do it a few times too. <clears throat> can't unsee that and I can't unhear it either Ooh, I know that's embarrassing <laughs> okay so that was my sex education my in my intro um because um a lot of us I mean I learned through my interactions with some of the guys on the street you, you know in, in my classrooms <clears throat> I learned by listening in on some guys brag about how many girls they were with and you know, they make little gyration moves and, you know, yeah, I went home, I practiced. And then, you know, when I listen to my mom, I listen to the rhythm and I hear the sounds. You know, this is how I learned, you know. And then um, eventually you see a magazine and you see, oh, that's that's what a woman's breast look like. And, you know, you see, you know, back then hair hair on the vagina was was OK. I mean, now it's like it's like an abomination. I, I love it. Um, but that means get back on track. <laughs> um, so this was our sex education. That's the thing. That that's how we learned. That's how we saw. That's how we. That's how I learned. That's how I saw. And so, looking at that, you know, being in that condition, hearing those, you know, talking to the friends in school, you know, practicing, you know, movements, you know, listening to my mom. Once my body becomes mature and I began to now hear that and wonder why does it make them sound like that, my body's now developing and I'm hearing it from this end from the streets and I'm listening to it in the home and then I'm seeing these magazines and it's all coming in and that's all starting to make sense because now I'm developing the feeling that's associated with that. This is how a lot of us learn it. At least this is how I learned it. Seeing that, hearing that. Then there's also the news. There's also the backside of it. There's also the prostitution that I mentioned earlier. That's also wondering why guys are taking it from women. That's also wondering why it's so such a thirst. Like why we just must have it. Like, ah, oh, it's like a drug. I must get sex. I must ah, oh, I gotta have. We're wondering why that. I'm wondering why, why, why? Why is this guy jumping out this window when that man gets, why? why what, what is going on with this thing? All of this is happening right in front. This is how we learn. This is my education. This is how I'm thrown into the pool of sexual education. Why do I see two guys go in with one girl and they come out again, sweaty? This is how we learn this is part of my story. There's no embellishments. Every example is an actual idea. Every single example, every, every simile, every metaphor, every illustration, they are absolutely real. Why is it so important? This is how I'm throwing into the pot. Father, the same deal for the few times that I did run into him. My introductory into, into um, the drug world. To see through a keyhole or through a crack in a window, him with a flask with some white substance, taking a lighter, and some woman sitting there with a the spoon, preparing some other contraption. This is my, this is a reality. I can't run from that. That does not define who I am. It defines where I've been. 
It defines what I've been exposed to at no choice of my own. Judgment, we have to get away from. We have to get away from that. We all have similar struggles. So we have to get away from the judgment. So to see that, to see my mom coming in shaking on the floor, to see that, to see my mom's weight just drop, to see my mom strung out in the front lawn, to see her fighting in the street, to see certain people just pop up somehow every once a month. I don't know why they kept popping up, but then again, we learned about public aid and public assistance and welfare. To see those things, to see the effects of drugs and the patterns that they create. At the end of the day, my exposure to, to drugs and the lessons that I've learned there, the backside of it, the money that you can make, how you have to almost be heartless, the lifestyle that it exposed you to, that's the backside of it. The front side, you make a lot of money. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a truth, you make, you make money. But if you get caught, But my attitude was when I saw the when I saw my father and I saw him with drugs. When I saw my mother and I saw her same thing with some type of thing smoking it. I, I, we'll get into details later. But I saw the effects of it, the, the weight loss, the, the mental state that it puts you in. When I saw that you you don't have a stable home, like he's never in my life. Like, why would I want to do that? If, if, if I do that, then I may not be in my son. Why would, to see that, to see this repetition of friends just always coming around. To see that all the time. That's not what I want. That's not what I want. I, I don't want that. To be jumping out someone's window because their, I guess, boyfriend or husband comes home. I don't want, I don't want that. Yuck. I don't want that. But this is a reality. And in that reality, I had to make a decision. Either I can, as mentioned, want that or not want it. But in everything, I had to make a decision. What it was I was going to do now that I have this circumstance that I'm faced with. In every case, I had to figure out what it is, what is it that I'm going to do. So yes, I have drugs. Yes, I have sex. Yes, I have fighting and so forth and so on. Learning how to navigate around that. Learning how to, learning how, what, what, why, does, why, why does this sound that way? Why do I feel this way? Learning that through different means. Um, what was the last thing? Uh, money, sex, drugs. Learning what the effects of drugs. None of that, as far as I can tell, none of that would prevent me from being a good person. Because the way I look at it, that's the foundation that I have. Those are the cards that were dealt out to me. I have chosen to navigate around the negative effects of most of that. The negative effects of it. But that doesn't mean that every path I've chosen, I haven't bumped into something and had to fight my way through it. But I know if I would have took, taken a direct path into the drug world, it would have been a different outcome. Now you can use it against me. I know if I would have taken a direct path into the sex world, it would you would have used it against me. I know if I would have taken a direct path into the fighting world, it could have been used against me. Dead or in jail, there's not many options in the hood. Learn how to navigate around those things. This is the path that I decided to take. And now as a 38-year-old man, I'm taking my entire life and everything, because everything I've mentioned so far is a memory. It has a color. And that's part of my black image, because I can almost tell my entire story in full, in detail. I almost remember 
the first time I was held. I almost remember that feeling. So I'm in charge of my own story. And I'm going to tell it in detail. So I invite you to come along. Every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. Roll with me. Hear me out. Rock out with your boy. If you're following me, my entire life is right there. I am beyond criticism. Nothing can be used against me because it's all right there. So follow me on Instagram at Black Image, B-L-K Image. You can also follow me on Facebook, um, Black Image Taylor 2, B-L-K Image Taylor 2. You can also see my um, my dance page, which is Black Images Salsa Hall of Fame. That's Black Images, one word, apostrophe S, Salsa, apostrophe LL, Hall, so ah, apostrophe LL of Fame. Salsa Hall of Fame. Salsa Hall of Fame. <laughs> so follow me there. Um, get a little background on why and how and when. My entire dance world collides. Um, I'm trying to develop that, so continue to follow me there. Uh, follow me on Instagram for any and all other things that you know you may find interesting. Mechanical, electrical, I mean, you name it. You'll see me doing something on there. But the objective is my past have now been used as a tool to fund my future, to fuel the fire of my future, to take my children and give them a start, to give them a way of seeing life from a different angle. Okay, so Instagram, taking my past, put it out there, taking the skill sets, and I'm putting them to use. These skill sets take time, takes patience, takes studying. I oftentimes mention you have to be trained. This is not something you can rehearse. You have to be trained. Training takes mental, physical, and spiritual conditioning on a daily basis. This is not something you can take a break from. My physical appearance is because I work out every single day. I don't just train my muscles, I train my tendons. I only put pure products into my bodies. This product, Purium, is amazing. Please, by all means, visit Purium. If you're interested in any of the products, listen, type in my code, Black Image, get you 50% off with some things. I have a few cards we can use inbox me, get more details. I'll give you more details. By all means, this product is amazing. That's not saying I don't cheat. I do cheat. I do cheat. I love Twinkies. I love um I, I, I love uh, little, well, I don't know if they're Little Debbie snacks anymore, but I love cake. I love ice cream. I have ice cream every single night. And I'm not talking about, you know, healthy. No, I'm talking about Briars, Reese cups. I eat that type of food. But the majority of my diet is natural um, substance. Um, and w again, one of the places that I get a lot of my natural substance from is this place called Perium. So definitely visit um, them and uh, check out their products. Um as far as mental, I meditate every single morning, every morning, every morning. Absolutely every morning. Get up, look myself square in the mirror because my firm belief, as long as I have a mirror in the room, I'm never alone. There's always me and you. I look at Ivan. And I talk to him. I tell him, I got you. I got you. I'm going to look after you. Everything you need, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, I'll cover you the best way I can. I'll keep you groomed. I'll cut your hair. I'll, I'll keep your skin. I'll keep, I'll keep rubbing aloe into your skin. I'll keep massaging your eyebrows. I'll keep you nice and de-stressed. You, de you depend on me, Ivan. It's me and you. We got this. Depend on me. I got you. You got my back. I got yours. I love you. I care for you. Come to me. Embrace me. Whatever you need. You will have peace. Be with me, man. Be with me. I am your man. I am you. Follow me. 
love me. I got you. I talk to myself every single morning. I encourage myself every single morning. I tell myself, I, I groom me. I make love to Ivan every single morning. Every chance I get, I just massage myself every morning. I prepare myself mentally to be faced with this world. And the reason why I do that, because just as just as many admirers as I may have, I'm a villain in a lot of people's story. A lot of people's story. And some days I'm exposed to more villains than I am supporters. And if I don't get mentally comfortable with who I am, I'll draw the parallel in my childhood. If I don't become mentally comfortable with who I am, I can't expect to be productive in anything. So whenever I'm faced with a problem, I have to be mentally prepared. Ivan, you can do this. Dude, if anybody can do it, you can. Listen, step by step. Figure it out. Get on the internet. Figure it out. Look at it. Feel it. Find out what the problem is. Listen, listen, listen. You have to start every single thing. Pattern it out. Get used to talking to yourself. Tell yourself. I'm a Christian man. And I pray. And I pray. And I lay prostrate and I pray and I speak in tongues and I pray. But do you know, I've gotten better results by taking all of that prayer, all of those tongues, all of that laying out, taking all of it and pushing it right into the mirror. I've gotten some of the most phenomenal results. It's not that I'm saying that I'm God. What I'm saying is if God is omnipresent, he lives everywhere. And if he lives everywhere, he lives inside of me. If he lives inside of me, then I'm talking to the God that's inside of me. And I've gotten great results, phenomenal results, almost instantaneous in some sense, because I've learned to keep talking to myself And the more you get used to talking to yourself, the world starts to shift around that. Some things fall off. Some friends, again, my friendship circles exploded. And they chips landed. Whoever been following me, who know me, that accusations are beyond reproach, they were there. But nonetheless, everything happened for a reason. Navigating, understanding. So, cliffhanger. After cliffhanger, after cliffhanger. We want to get into my life. We're going to get into my story. And my hopes is that there's some young man, there's some father, there's some young lady who sees, who hears, and can pull from, can be encouraged. To know that you don't have to give up. It is absolutely possible. That's my goal. This is, the, this is why I pushed the black image. It's non-racial. It's science. Every memory. You mix it all. You pour it out. It's an image. And it's black. If you want to refer to yours as green, let it be green. But again... It's an image. It's, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that someone can learn. I'm hoping that my life, you can pull from it. Even the mistakes. I've made mistakes. Pull from that too. I post, a, I post a lot. And I show myself as clean and beautiful as I possibly can. This is my library. If, you, if you're down with it, you're down with it. Welcome. But I also want to show you the flip side. It takes... Work to stay polished. It takes a lot of work to stay polished. It takes a lot of work to stay polished. So, as long as I'm winning, I'm okay looking stupid because it takes work to stay polished. Just keep on polishing, keep throwing dirt, just keep polishing. It takes work. 
It takes work. You have to be able to, you know, use your ingredients. You, I mean, you learn how to cook. I mean, that's a story too. That's a, that's a story in the path. Learn how to cook. Seeing my mom, we'll, we'll get into that next week. Learn how to cook. That's everything. Learn how to throw the right ingredients, asking the right questions, asking the right questions, getting the right answers. That's throwing in the ingredients. That's what I'm here for. I'm hoping you can learn. Use these principles. Use these philosophies. You know, learn. Pull from it. You don't have to be college educated to learn. I mean, come on. I don't need it. Listen, I have three businesses, three businesses. I don't I didn't get a college degree in any of them. But when I worked in corporate America, I needed a college degree. You do not need a college degree to to be smart. You don't need a college degree to be intelligent. No, no. Just be able to ask the right questions. Look in the right direction. Put all in the right ingredients. You got to put in the right ingredients. And we all know there's no such thing as a halfway cook. You got to put in all of the right ingredients. Okay? That's how we learn. That's how we develop. This is how we're able to grab hold of something, make sure it works, and then put it out there. But also understand you're just putting it out there. I'm not saying be like me. I'm just putting it out there. If this might work for you. That might work for you. That's all I'm saying. But it's up to you to take it and run with it. Synonymous to my dance. My instructor started out, Maddie Portes. Love you. My aunt, Indolin, Indolin Taylor, was the first one to expose me to, to ballet. Eddie Shellman, first image of a man in ballet. Um, Juan Calderon exposed me to salsa. These guys gave me the ingredients. They didn't say, go be like me. No, they said, listen, take it and you run with it. So now that's my attitude. I've taken it. I've molded it into something that I can run with, that I can be, I can become. I can now, it's a part of who I am. And I'm running with it. That's not to say everyone agrees. But in all things, be in control of your own story. My story, my methods, my means. You may not agree with, but you have to respect it. I fought hard my entire life. The only individual that knows the story is me. Any questions, any answers? In closing, learn any and everything you can. It is absolutely possible. Bayasman, my love, my wife, I love you. I love you with everything that I am. I love you with all that I am. I admire my queen above all. I come home to you. I hold my head in high honors. I lay my head in rest. Knowing that I have an angel covering me, loving me, and wanting the best. I worship the ground you walk on. That's not a thing on this earth that supersedes my love for you. I will cover you with everything that I am. You are the mother of my children. The highest honor that any woman can give a man. I love you. I'm your husband. I'm your man. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your nigga. I'm your homie. You feel me? Our children, Michael, Maya, Monet, and my baby, Michaela. I love you guys. Daddy loves you. You know that. I'm in love with my babies. There's no place on earth you deserve to be than in my care. No man can replace me. And no child can replace you. I love you. I love my family with all of my heart. Nothing separates me from that. I mean, I will do all I can, even if it costs my life to protect my enclosure. <sighs> 
Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> uh, the Black Image. Sunday mornings. Nine or ten. Come check me out. Talk to your boy. All right. We're going to pick up next week. We're going to talk about how I learned how to cook and how I learned to navigate around those ingredients. All right. All right, guys. Love you. Always the black image. I will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. All right. Love you guys. Oh, got it. I'm back on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Remember, one more thing. The emotional connection to my story should never exceed mine. So if you hear, see anything, never exceed my emotional connection. If I'm not bothered by it, neither should you. All right. Love you guys. Black Image out.